0: Hello, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of Becoming Multiplanetary. This week's episode, we're talking part two of our Rover Mega series. We're going to be talking about Curiosity today. However, to start the episode off, I'm Rich LB, your co-host as usual. And also, I'd like my co-host to take a moment and introduce himself, too.
1: Why, thank you. Hello, everyone. I am Kage, also one of the co-hosts of Becoming Multiplanetary. And it's worth noting, actually brought up by one of our patrons, uh, Warhawk, that today's recording, which is being recorded on uh, February 20th, is the 59th anniversary of John Glenn's Mercury Atlas 6 mission, which was the fifth human spaceflight. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Before we get into Curiosity, as well as some things... uh, doing a side-by-side comparison of Curiosity to the recent Perseverance mission, wanted to address a couple of things that I noticed on uh, social media lately. And that is that with the Perseverance mission, there were a lot of uh, questions, valid questions, too, about um, why are we sending uh, missions to Mars when there are problems that are happening here on earth and it's it's a good question but there are also some valid reasons for it so first and foremost in order to for in, in order for humans to become a multiplanetary species we need to first explore the planetary body we wish to send humans to before humans landed on the moon on July 16th 1969 there were over 70 attempted missions to reach the lunar surface most of which failed and they were nearly all unmanned, except for Apollo 8 and Apollo 10. We could, of course, send humans right away, but this is incredibly dangerous. NASA has had 16 missions succeed out of 22 attempts, and the USSR and Russia has had only three of its 18 missions succeed. Overall, there has been around a 40% failure rate for Mars missions. No one would send humans to Mars when there is about a 50-50 chance they'll even make it there alive, let alone getting back to Earth safely. We have yet to have a return mission from the Martian surface, although one is planned in the early 2030s, which is actually going to be in addition to the Perseverance rover mission that just recently landed on the surface of Mars, which we'll get to in just a few minutes. But more than that, a lot of science and research can be accomplished by rovers which do not yet need humans present uh, to perform those, uh, that science or those research. So, for example, the Perseverance rover carries an instrument called MOXIE, or the Mars Oxygen In-Situ Resource Utilization Experiment. This experiment, designed by engineers at MIT, does many things including sucking in carbon dioxide from the Martian atmosphere and converting it to oxygen to demonstrate this technology that may one day be used to support crewed human missions to Mars. Now. Again, the question does still come up of why do we spend money on this and not spend money on things like uh, homelessness or other problems that happen on Earth? And one thing to always remember is that there needn't be a binary choice to this. You need you need not spend money only on one and not the other. You can do both. You can spend money on many things. We should indeed uh, tackle the challenges that we have on Earth, but we also need to keep an eye on the future about where we want humanity to be in the next 20 30 40 plus years and as part of that becoming a multiplanetary species is very important as elon musk has stated over and over again we have a very limiting factor to humanity and that is that we have only one planet on which we reside and if something happens to that planet which could indeed be very possible not only with climate change but a rogue asteroid for example we're screwed. If that, if that ruins life on Earth, we have no alternative. We have no recourse. And so the sooner that we're able to become a multiplanetary species, the sooner we're able to actually expand humanity beyond that one limiting factor that could end all of humanity should one major catastrophe happen.
0: And think of it this way as well. If we have a sustainable human civilization on Mars that also doubles our chances at, let's say there is a rogue asteroid coming. We now have both Mars and Earth to be able to deal with it, whereas before we could only defend from Earth.
1: Exactly. And something else to bear in mind is that with missions to space, there is one particular aspect about it, and that is there is zero margin for failure. Anything that goes into space has to be over-engineered to the point that there is practically no room for it to fail, especially when it comes to human missions. And a lot of uh, things on Earth have come from that. We have had uh, many technological advancements that have improved life here on Earth due to that. For example, and this is one that um, people know about, like uh, Teflon, and they know about like uh, memory foam mattresses and stuff like that, but one that often goes overlooked is that actually... Uh, DSLR cameras weren't invented by NASA, but it was because of NASA's needs that DSLR cameras gained so much research and became so uh, heavily invested into that they became something that you have in practically every cell phone nowadays. Um, that those uh, CMOS sensors, they needed those in order to take uh, high fidelity photographs in space and also be something that would be resistant to uh, radiation interference which could damage the film in uh, typical Nikon cameras that they would use and so with the they had a much better chance of uh, taking high quality photos and uh, preserving those and now that's a benefit that we reap here on Earth. There are many things that have come uh, from space exploration like that and so not only do we have the long-term aspects out of uh, sending rovers to Mars of being able to make humanity a multiplanetary species but we also have the shorter term benefits of things that we may be solving problems that we haven't even yet conceived of. We didn't know that we needed DSLR cameras but now that we have them we can't really imagine a time of not having them again. So those are many of the things that can come from this and I, I think it's important that we invest both in the problems here and now as well as the problems of the future. Um, so yes, we absolutely should uh, tackle those challenges here on Earth, but we also should tackle the challenges of how does humanity become a multiplanetary species. So, with that, I want to hand it back to my co-host Rich to give us a recap about the wildly successful Perseverance mission.
0: Yeah, so last week we spoke of Perseverance, and when the when we recorded the episode, Perseverance had still yet to land. Uh, I believe we were a day out.
1: A couple of days, yeah.
0: When we recorded it, obviously, we hadn't known whether the mission was going to be successful. We were still waiting on this news. Obviously, landing day came, and uh, it went off perfectly, without a hitch. I think they didn't land exactly where they wanted, but I could hear from the live stream when they saw the position that Perseverance had landed. I heard one of the engineers say, I'll take it, I'll take it. I don't know if anybody else heard that.
1: Yeah. So they had a uh, region marked in uh, Yetzero crater that they wanted to land in, and they hit that target. They, they wanted to get like right on the X. Uh, I mean, they, they didn't land perfectly on it, but when you think about the fact that they sent this rover millions upon millions of kilometers or miles, uh, both really, uh, from Earth to Mars, and they also managed to make the exact necessary adjustments needed to also take into account the rotation of Mars, not only its orbit around the sun, but also its daily rotation and figure out exactly how they needed to slow the vehicle and how they needed to enter the atmosphere to land practically perfectly at the uh, Yetzero crater landing spot. So even though they didn't get it on the X and just a little bit away from the X, the accuracy of that is astounding.
0: Yeah, regardless of how far away from the center point they did land, the the fact remains that they still got within the target area that they'd prescribed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things actually, uh, the the new service uh, that they have on NASA's website, uh, the EYES service, I was noticing while watching this, I was like, oh my god, they're going to overshoot. They're so going to overshoot the landing spot, because looking at the angle of attack that it was coming in at, I totally thought, they're going to miss. They're going to miss by a thousand kilometers, and they got it practically dead center. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, it was crazy how quick that crater marker was coming up on the ICE program. I agree with you. It did seem like they were going to go over.
1: Yeah, just astonishing how accurate they could be from millions of kilometers away
0: so yeah if you hadn't figured it out they landed successfully and now they're gonna they're just in the middle of polling well they're probably finished by now but they would have polled all the systems just to make sure that everything was working okay we also got the AOK from little ingenuity saying that it's fine it's still on the underside of perseverance but it's a-okay it responded with a, a good signal
1: yeah And there's still going to be some system checks that they'll be doing over the course of the next few weeks because some things need to finish warming up and going through uh, various kinds of diagnostics. But as far as has been reported, the mission has been a 100% success. There haven't been any reported issues so far, no reported issues with any of the instrumentation. Uh, the cameras are working fine. We've already gotten a few photos, uh, some low quality, as well as a couple high quality, uh, including one that's uh, just behind one of the wheels. And also a shot from the sky crane looking down at uh, Perseverance as they were lowering it to the surface, which is just an amazing shot.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a teaser of what's to come, mm. for sure, when they do put the landing video together. I also read as well that apparently if the software performed as it should have done, there should be, between all cameras, something in the scope of over 28,000 images on entry and landing.
1: Wow. And bear in mind that uh, with Perseverance, it has much higher quality cameras than the uh, uh, Curiosity rover, which we'll get into in just a few minutes. But it's one of the best cameras on Perseverance is a 20 megapixel camera, which by today's standard is, is not that high. But when you compare it to Curiosity, which only had about a 2 megapixel camera, it's a significant uh, increase. Plus, the best camera on Perseverance is also in full color, and they now have technology there where they can take multiple photos. Full-color photos so they don't have to do, like, uh, color correction or anything on it. And they could take, I mean, I don't don't even know if there's a K number for that, Uh, well well beyond, like, a 12K photo. Uh, Just tens of thousands of uh, pixels stitched together as a giant panorama photo and super high quality.
0: Yeah, it's going to be amazing.
1: Yeah, and if anybody wants to follow that, that's at NASA Persevere. So definitely check that out. They're going to be publishing a lot on there. They already have published uh, quite a bit, um, speaking from the perspective of the Perseverance rover, which is always so
0: cute. They seem to enjoy personifying their um, little rovers. I I mean... It, not even just the Rovers, I mean, pretty much a lot of the hardware, they, they tend to personify. I mean, we've already seen a few photos come back from Percy already, as you mentioned earlier. And uh, as time goes on, I have no doubt in my mind that the NASA Perseverance Twitter account is going to be teasing us with more photos.
1: Yeah, I, I wish I knew, remembered what the, uh, what the term was for that, where you kind of, like, attach a soul or, or personality to an inanimate object.
0: Uh, I believe it's anthropomorphize.
1: Yeah, so they anthropomorphize the rovers, which is adorable because, I mean, they're, they're amazing little missions, and there are so many people out there who, like, when some missions have ended up finally hitting their end of life, like uh, one of the more recent ones which uh, ended up dying, and it said, a, uh, sent a message of, uh, it's dark and my batteries are low.
0: Yeah, and it was cold as well.
1: Yeah, and I'm cold. Like, that, that was heartbreaking there were so many people out there that even though it was just it was just a robot i mean it still had personality attached to it and it it broke so many hearts mine included
0: yeah let's not forget as well it's really good to do this because you know, you want to be getting all the children interested in all of this as well. And, you know, the children are the next generation. They're the future. You know, we want them to to train in STEM careers and be able to, you know, lead, lead us into the future effectively. So you want to be able to get them interested early on.
1: Yeah, and that was the Mars Opportunity rover that I was just talking about. Rest in peace, Oppie.
0: Yeah, poor little thing. Was it Opportunity or Spirit that ended up dragging its wheel sideways at one point?
1: Oh, I don't remember. But we can get into that into a later episode.
0: Yes, yes. Keep your ears peeled for that one.
1: Yeah, because bear in mind, uh, this is part two of a multi-part series. We don't really have a number fixed to this yet. where We're going to be talking about various rover missions sent to planetary bodies. In this case, pretty much mostly Mars. Speaking of rovers, uh, there's a reason why we're actually doing a comparison between Perseverance and Curiosity, and that's because they're actually quite similar to each other. In fact, Perseverance is actually made from some spare parts from Curiosity. They share a general design concepts, like for example the chassis, the structural layout, the use of a sky crane, and so forth. But many things have also been updated in the decades since Curiosity was built and sent to Mars. For example, the wheels, which we'll get into in a little bit. Let's talk about Curiosity and Perseverance side by side. Curiosity was launched on November 26th 2011 aboard a Atlas V 541 from United Launch Alliance from what was at that time named Launch Complex 41 in Cape Canaveral, whereas Perseverance was recently launched on July 30th, 2020, also aboard an Atlas V 541 from United Launch Alliance from what is now named Space Launch Complex 41 in Cape Canaveral. Curiosity landed on August 6, 2012 at 1:31 AM Eastern Daylight Time or 5:31 AM UTC, whereas Perseverance recently landed on February 18, 2021 at 3:55 PM Eastern Standard Time or 8:55 PM UTC. Curiosity landed in the Gale Crater which is at 4.6 degrees south latitude by 137.4 degrees east latitude or longitude, sorry. Whereas Perseverance landed at Yetzero Crater, about 18 degrees north latitude and 77 degrees, I believe, east longitude. Um, the signal time at the time of landing, the signal time for Curiosity to send a signal from Mars to Earth was about 13 minutes and 48 seconds. Whereas with Perseverance, it was 11 minutes and 22 seconds. Now, it's worth noting that this is not because we had any improvements to technology or something like that. It's simply because with Curiosity, Mars was a little bit further away from Earth than it is or was when Perseverance landed. So we didn't invent any like faster-than-light uh, signal processing or anything like that. It's just that uh, the relative distance between the two planets was further with Curiosity than it was with Perseverance. It's worth noting that uh, depending on how close or far Earth and Mars are from each other. It can take anywhere from a little over three minutes to around 22 minutes for a signal to get from Mars to Earth. And that's just one way. The primary mission time for both Curiosity and Perseverance is rated at only 98 Earth weeks or one Martian year. And it's also worth noting here that even though the Uh, duration of Curiosity's mission has only been uh, one Martian year. It has actually lasted 4.5 times longer than that, and it's still going. Uh, As a matter of fact, it could keep going for another maybe about five more years uh, due to the uh, power that's on board. And actually, both Curiosity and Perseverance share uh, practically the same power Uh, System And that is a 45-kilogram plutonium radioisotope thermoelectric generator, which has a rated duration of about 14 Earth years. They also both carry lithium-ion batteries for any kind of, like, uh, bursted uh, electric consumption that they may have in case it goes beyond the power rating of that radioisotope thermoelectric generator. So since uh, Curiosity is only about... mm, nine-ish years or so into its mission, it could still keep going for another five years before it starts hitting uh, issues with its power delivery. So it's still got a lot of life left in it. It's still going, and um, they they might not have an uh, end in sight for it, at least uh, for right now. That may indeed be the same for Perseverance. We'll have to wait and see uh, how long it lasts.
0: Yeah, I mean, right now they are on Sol three thousand thirty six. That's that's like if you look at the where is the rover for Curiosity right now, uh, the last uh, position was reported on Sol three thousand six, and they are headed towards like ideally they'd like to get to the foothills of Mount Sharp. That's that's the goal they want to reach, but uh, recently, well. Maybe not that much recently anymore, but there's been some complications with Curiosity, hasn't there?
1: Yeah, especially with the wheels, but uh, we'll we'll get into that in just a moment. It's actually also worth noting that with uh, Curiosity, in those 3036 uh, souls, which, by the way, one soul is a uh, solar day on Mars. A day on Mars lasts a little bit longer than a day on Earth, um, so that's how they uh, measure a day on Mars. In that time of 3,036 souls, Curiosity has driven 24.61 kilometers, or 15.29 miles, since August 5, 2012. And like mentioned, its mission was meant to only last about 668 souls, but it's lasted for over 4.5 times as long as what it was initially rated for. That's just fantastic.
0: Yeah, the fact that they've gotten to extend that mission way beyond its original scope. Just think of all the extra data they've been able to retrieve.
1: So, getting back to the comparisons, and we'll get to the wheels in a moment because this is a really interesting part. There are a few things that Curiosity and Perseverance share in common. Like, for example, they both have what's called a web chassis or a warm electronics box, and they also share the same dimensions. So. They're both uh, 2.9 meters or 9.6 feet wide, 2.7 meters or 8.9 feet long, and 2.2 meters or 7.2 feet tall. To put that into perspective, that's the size of a a typical sedan car, and they also weigh uh, close to a small car. So on Earth, uh, Curiosity weighs 899 kilograms or 1,982 pounds. And Perseverance weighs uh, 1,025 kilograms or 2,260 pounds on Earth, whereas on Mars, which you have to remember, it's only uh, a little over 30% uh, the gravity of Earth. On Mars, uh, Curiosity weighs 554 kilograms or 1,222 pounds, whereas Perseverance uh, weighs 393 kilograms or 866 pounds. So um, I think... I think I got my math right on that I'm not sure I might have had that a little bit off but um, yeah so they're a little bit lighter on Mars but they're still the size of a sedan and practically the weight of a sedan they're they're not small vehicles and it's and you have to remember both of them were also lowered by a sky crane which was literally this device that had uh, hydrazine fuel on board and would light several rockets, I believe uh, eight rockets on board to hover, find an appropriate landing spot and then lower the, well first reduce the uh, engine thrust to lower the entire sky crane down and then use a crane to lower or or winch down the uh, Curiosity as well as also the uh, Perseverance rover later on um, down to the surface of Mars detach those cables and then fly off to go crash land far away from where they wanted to do all their uh, uh, experimentation. That is just utterly fascinating. I mean, think about if you had a, I don't know, like a a Ford Focus or something that you wanted to transport somewhere on the surface of a planet and you're using rockets to carry it above the surface and then lower it down by four steel cables. And they did that twice now. That's just amazing.
0: That's some crazy Fedex game.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um now we get into some of the differences about uh curiosity and perseverance as I mentioned earlier in the about a decade since uh curiosity was made versus uh perseverance they made quite a few upgrades. The first and biggest one is uh or are, are the wheels aboard Perseverance. And the reason for this is that They discovered a lot of problems with the wheels on Curiosity. So Perseverance's wheels are larger in diameter and tread width, but are narrower overall. So the diameter of the wheels on Curiosity is 20.7 inches or 52.6 centimeters versus 20 inches or 50.8 centimeters on Perseverance. And Perseverance's wheels have twice as many treads and are gently curved instead of having the chevron pattern that you found on Curiosity. The wheels on Perseverance are designed to prevent Perseverance from getting stuck in the sand, which actually happened to Curiosity, uh, I think it was in like 2014. But more importantly, they're also designed to prevent damage like what Curiosity has experienced. So Curiosity's wheels have these chevrons. They're, they're basically this kind of like zigzag pattern in between the, uh, the treads. They, they call this the, uh, the grousers. Uh, In between the treads, uh, it's just uh, a, a, I think it's uh, milled aluminum that they made the uh, entire wheels out of. Uh, So you have an inner rim, a stiffening ring, uh, an outer rim, uh, wheel flexures or or spokes, and then you have these chevrons, which uh, are these zigzag pattern intended to give more grip to the wheels. But one of the things that they kind of accounted for with the design of Curiosity was that they expected there would be some damage in between those chevrons and the, and the grousers from rocks penetrating the aluminum, but they didn't expect it to have as much damage as it's had uh, during uh, Curiosity's life. Matter of fact, it's because of the damage that has occurred to the wheels, especially one wheel in particular on Curiosity. According to NASA, the damage has not imperiled Curiosity rover's mission, but uh, they're employing a number of troubleshooting measures to keep the robot rolling along. And they say they're confident that Curiosity can still reach and explore its ultimate science destination, which is the foothills of the 3.4 mile high or 5.5 kilometer high Mount Sharp. But they have had to make several adjustments to the direction in which Curiosity would get to uh, its different targets because First of all, its wheels did allow it to get stuck in the sand like uh, in 2014, but also because the wheels have lost so much structural integrity due to the damage that they've accrued that they've had to avoid certain rocky surfaces where they were uh, kind of worried that it might end up actually collapsing one of the wheels and they might have a complete loss of the mission. So that's one of the major upgrades that happened with uh, Perseverance versus Curiosity.
0: When we talk about becoming multiplanetary, we talk about humanity becoming more than itself. You know, b- humanity becoming... What's a the word species
1: beyond for? the limitations of just the surface of Earth?
0: No, we, we talk about, you know, how humans need to cast off the yoke of all beliefs and stuff like this and, you know, become a more cooperative species. And right now, I just want to give a massive shout-out to uh, uh, Espadre, uh, Space Padre Isle because recently I'm not sure if you're aware uh they they along with the SpaceX volunteers uh managed to save more than 4,000 sea turtle from uh oh yeah
1: uh, with the uh, uh weather situation currently happening in Texas
0: that's right, yeah. And that that right there is it, when I saw that come up on Twitter, I just want to give them a big shout out. And all the SpaceX volunteers as well. Great job. Absolutely, honestly,
1: yeah. And uh, for anyone uh, who is in Texas or who uh, has any friends or families in Texas that are affected by this, uh, our hearts go out to you and we wish you all the best and uh, hope that uh, you're able to make it through with as... Minimal of an impact on your lives as possible. So
0: 100%. And I'm afraid that's all the time we have for this week's Becoming Multiplanetary. I've been Richel, your co host for this evening. And I've
1: been Kage, also one of your co hosts for this evening. Thank you so much for joining us. If you like what you heard, please make sure to uh, like, subscribe. And uh, also uh, be sure to leave a comment. Uh, we do listen to feedback and we're uh, happy to hear your feedback about uh, what you liked, what you didn't like, what you'd like to uh, uh, hear more of or less of. And finally, um, before we hand it, uh, before I hand it over to uh, Rich to uh, read off our patrons, uh, you can also support us at patreon.com slash Space, uh, which the uh help from all of our patrons has given us the ability to set up a new website which you can find at totalspace.net rich take it away
0: so as always a massive thank you to all of our patrons your support means the to us and doesn't enables us to make our co- so our patrons Anthony Mann, Warhawk, who's with us in the episode tonight, helping us out, really, as all. Uh, Adrian Moisa, Angry Astronaut, Howard Walker, Stinger NSW, What About It, Jishwan and Sebastian, Gio Pagliaro, Framric, Susie R, and Mark. As always, thank you so much for all of your help.
1: And with that, uh, we bid you farewell until the next episode, and also don't forget that we have other podcasts uh, here on Total Space, so if you I uh, would like to hear more, you can also listen to Deep Dive with Miko, and as well uh, as well as uh, the Space Update with Ryan. Great, yeah. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.